Thank you, Sue. Hi, everybody. I'm Anne. I'm, I'm an adult child of an alcoholic. Um, uh, can you give me a five and a one? Thank you. Um, thank you, Sue, for asking me to speak. She just asked me if, when I came in the door, so I don't have a reading to share. It's not going to help because I have a topic that's probably not in the book. Uh, but I was thinking, I want to talk about um, my tool for tonight is uh, like complete, unconditional, no matter what self-acceptance. Yeah. Um, I actually, I made, I made it like one of my things I was going to practice at the start of the year. Like that was one of my resolutions. And wow, is it hard? You know, I don't want to accept myself. If I accept myself the way I am, why would I get any better? And like, I can't live with this thing, right? <laughs> um, I'm too anxious, I'm too self-absorbed, I'm too this, I'm too that. And I wanna, I wanna be a better person. I wanna be a more generous person. I wanna be a more patient person. I wanna be a more loving person. I wanna be a less anxious person. I wanna be a less needy person. Um, I want to I wanna have the world's most awesome podcast and write a great novel and write a symphony and like become like a world-renowned spiritual speaker, you know, like, and I'm not any of those things right now. I'm just a lady living in Brooklyn with her dog, you know, and I want so much more. And how will that happen if I just accept where I am today, you know? Um, I do want to say that... Uh, I have made so much progress since joining this program. I am a more loving and joyous and happy and accepting and fun to be around person than I was when I came in like six years ago. And do you know how I got that way? By like accepting myself. <laughs> I have never made a, the tiniest smidge of progress by being upset with myself by punishing myself, by making myself work harder, by putting my nose to the grindstone, by pulling myself over my bootstraps, blah, blah, blah. Those are all my old reactions, you know, to feeling bad. And the more that I treat myself badly, the more I treat myself like a pack mule or like a, like a nasty unfinished project that needs to be, you know, renovated, the more I feel awful, you know? And then the more I do things to try to make myself feel better that don't work, right? Like overeating or listening to the things I used to do to try to feel better. Like I don't smoke anymore. I don't drink anymore. I don't date crazy men. So I've graduated to like too many podcasts. That's not like the worst thing. <laughs> but I still will indulge and distract myself um, when, I, uh, when I put my focus on you know, trying to improve myself, I just gradually, like, get tired and give in and give up, you know. Um, I want to talk a little bit about my story so you can see where this, like, extreme mania for, like, self-improvement got started with me in the first place. Um, I grew up in a, in a family outside of Buffalo. My father, he's a really smart guy. He's a very impressive person. Um, he's a professional, he's very critical, he's very demanding, he's very funny, you know, and he's very cynical, and he doesn't think much of anybody. 
I want to say that now that he's almost 80, he's much different. But when he was young, when he was my age, he was an asshole. He was horrible. He was bad. He was nasty to my mom, to me, and my siblings. And I worshipped him. I just thought he was the coolest guy. And I just loved him so much. And all I wanted was for my dad to think I was awesome, you know. And when I was like three years old, he did think I was awesome. And then something happened. And I'm still like, what did I do wrong? You know, when I was three, did he just sort of like, all of a sudden, like, I just, sometimes I could, you know, please him. And then sometimes I couldn't. Sometimes I would do the most innocent thing and he would like whack me or like hit me with a breadboard or throw me against the wall and I never knew. Now I know that my dad was an alcoholic, you know. He wasn't a real adult. He was, he was, like, he was like a three-year-old too, you know. He would get irritated, he would get mad, and he would just like lash out at whatever happened to irritate him. It had nothing to do with me, but I didn't know that at the time. And I thought, wow, I better, one, be more careful, and number two, be more brilliant, creative, you know, beautiful, interesting, to like get my dad's attention and get him to like me. And I made that, I'm so sorry to report this, but that was my fucking main project for like the next 35 fucking years. I know, right? It's so sad. And the thing was, it was an impossible project. Because do you know who, how many people my dad has respected ever? Zero. Zero. It's not a possible thing. But I thought I could do it. I could be the one person to impress my dad and win his love. And that would mean I was the most awesome lady ever, right? And then I go through life not only like failing to do that, but like thinking that everyone's like my dad. Thinking that I have to be like really cool, hardworking, smart, impressive to earn their love and affection. I didn't know that, every, that there were people out there who, would, who were nice. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know there were people out there who would love you and respect you just because you were a human being, a fellow human walking on planet Earth. I didn't know that. You know, so I just spent all this time, like not just trying to earn my dad's love, but trying to earn everybody's love, everyone's attention, everyone's respect. And I did it by like, um, if I could tell you like the list of like interesting hobbies and projects and things that I did, you would, you would shoot yourself. <laughs> and, um. I did pretty well at a lot of things, except for the fact that I just felt like sick inside. And I finally wound up in the hospital from like, they thought I had a heart attack. And you know what happened when they admitted me to the hospital? I was just like, they were like, lady, you might have had a heart attack, so we need to keep you overnight for observation. I'm like, no, I'm too busy. <laughs> I literally said that. And the other thing going through my mind was, wow, if my dad finds out that I let them admit me to the hospital, He'll probably criticize me for making a big deal out of nothing, you know? Luckily, I was with my little sister, and she's like, Anne, you could die. <laughs> and I was kind of out of it, because this thing that had happened to me was so severe, I didn't even like know what my name was. But I'm like, okay. You know? And man, I wound up in the hospital for like three days, and all my friends came to see me, and they loved me, even though I was in the hospital and not accomplishing anything. That was kind of a revelation. They like brought me flowers and cake and the nurses were nice to me and I knew there wasn't anything really wrong with me and I was like, well, wow, this is also a thing. 
Um, anyway, how much time do I have left? You have seven minutes. Oh, perfect. See, look, I am perfect. So I'm halfway through. Um, yeah. So I, I was in AA for quite a while. I just had my 17th sobriety anniversary yesterday. Yay. Um, thank God for AA. It did half the job. <laughs> I learned how to be sober. I learned how to remember that there are other people on the planet that I need to consider. Right? I learned that um, I am the cause of most of my own troubles. Wow, how great to learn that. Then I can change the way I act and I think and not have to worry about changing everyone else in every situation on the planet. Those were really good things for me to find out. I learned how to do service. I learned like the joy of giving and how great that feels. I had no idea about those things. So certainly that was not demonstrated in my house growing up, right? Um, I learned what it was like to care for other people. Another thing that was like news to me. I remember I went into a, to a ladies meeting when I had maybe five years of sobriety now, I just broke down crying. I'm like, I am so lonely, you know? And I thought if anyone knew I was lonely, they would like, they would literally like, the, the whole room would just like, everyone would like exit, you know? And they're like, yeah, we're lonely too. And then they all gave me a hug. And I'm like, oh, I can reveal these like disgusting secrets about myself and people will still love me. When I was growing up, if I was sad or mad, or upset, they would send me to my room, or they would hit me, you know? So I kind of learned early on, like, don't have a feeling that's not, like, happy. Don't have a feeling that's not confident. Don't have a feeling, don't ask anything of anybody in terms of, like, emotional support. You know why? Because you're fucking irritating when you do that. You're inconvenient, right? Um, what I learned in ACA after, like, you know, being in AA for quite a long time and still having these, like, ridiculous... Yeah, still having these ridiculous reactions to, like, small things, you know? Like a boyfriend not calling me or not holding my hand at the right moment. It was just, like, fucking World War Three. I just felt like I was going to die, you know? I was like... And, like, more step work, more sponsoring people, more service didn't help at all. Um, what I had to learn in here... I had to come to ACA to learn that I have a huge deficit. I have a huge love deficit. I have a huge approval deficit. I have a, and like, I'm always trying to get this from you. I'm trying to get you to like me and approve of me and love me. Um, and I don't care how many hugs I get in an AA meeting, that helps. It tells me it's a possibility that I'm lovable even when I am needy and lonely and afraid. Um, but it doesn't really fill the hole. You know who has to fill the hole? I'm the only one who can do it. You know why? I'm the only person who knows me through and through. I'm the only person with me all day long. I'm the only person with the time. You guys don't have time to like hang around with me all day and tell me I'm great. Um, only I can fill that role for myself. So what is like total self, and then when I really accept myself, I feel so good that I don't have to do any of the nonsense I might ordinarily do to try to get love and approval from others. I don't need to betray myself. I don't need to be dishonest about who I am to get you to like me. I can be myself. 
I don't need to feel so uncomfortable with these feelings inside of me that I like engage in behaviors that are I hate it when I use Facebook. Engage in behavior. What does that mean? I don't need to like eat too many cookies, right? That's what I mean. Um, really giving myself love and approval no matter what I'm thinking, feeling, how I'm acting is so healing. And that in itself corrects all the problems all by itself. That is like the only stuff that I really need. And... Um, so I have this like instinctual reaction when like, like I, I have been, I tend to be an anxious person, you know? And um, I feel so dumb about the things I'm anxious about because I know they don't even make any sense. And then I get mad at myself, like blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, like an anxious thought comes from like, no, like don't think that way. Do you know how, I know how well that works? It doesn't work at all, right? <laughs> you, you know, that doesn't work. You know what works? You know what? You know who would treat me like that? If what would maybe be my dad, right? I'm like, Dad, I'm scared about. He's like, No, <laughs> like don't inconvenience me. Like this, this bothers me. So I've been treating myself that way, right? I'm lonely. I'm needy. I want attention. I'm sad. I'm anxious, and I'm like, No, no, no. Don't feel that way. That's kind of what what I learned in AA. And what I learned here is just like, whatever comes up, whatever feeling comes up, I tell that feeling like, you are welcome here. There's time and space for you here. There's love and care for you here. There is, you know, you don't need to be perfect to get my, my love and my approval and my protection. I just want to get to know you better, right? That's what a, a friend would do or a good parent. Like if you had a problem, they would sit down and they would like try to talk to you. Like, tell me more about how you're feeling. Tell me more about this situation. What's going on? How can I help you, right? When my parent, when I was growing up and I made a mistake or I had an inconvenient feeling, their reaction was to punish me for it. You know, I don't want to punish myself for it anymore. I want to help myself, and I need a good relationship with every aspect of myself. I wish that I had talked more about how that actually works and what it looks like, um, but... One great thing about Amina is that we're all here together, right? And we all have experiences to share. And I know, I've found this over and over again, that like whatever I didn't say, someone else is going to say for me. And it's going to be really cool. So I'm really looking forward to hearing all of you share now. Thank you.